With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Utah Man Podcast. Bringing you the latest news and analysis for your Utah Utes. Now your hosts, Cameron, Ryan, and Scott. Welcome on in to the Utah Man Podcast. On this episode, we're breaking down the 2018 football schedule as the season is coming upon us. We'll be breaking down our breakout players of the year, and we'll also be joined by Tony from Ute Hub and kind of give a background on how that website came about and where it's going. I'm Cameron. We got Ryan. Hey, Ute Nation. And we got Scott, unfortunately. I'm back. I'm back. That's whether, how we're gonna start because I honestly can't stand the kid. Wh- whether wow. whether whether Cam likes it or not, <laughs> I'm here and I'm better than ever. Just kidding. <laughs> we're feisty to start the show tonight. A little yeah. hatred going Ca- Cam, on. Cam, I am good. I, we are gonna be friends by the end of this. I don't know about that. Just it's not my fault. Things that. are baggy. No, really, Scott. It it's it's good <laughs> to see you, my friend. It's always nice being here with you guys. It's good to be here and. It, Heck, we're a little over a week away from the season. Can't wait. So this season, we're going to introduce a segment called Pack 12 and 12. It's brought to you by our good friends at Doubletree Suites by Hilton in Salt Lake City downtown at 110 West, 600 South. Uh, Give them a call at 801-359-7800. So this episode, we're going to be doing the Utah season, breaking it down in under 12 minutes. I it's think gonna it's going to be it's going to be hard for Scott because he just likes to talk a lot and hear himself. <laughs> so that being said, I'm just gonna gentlemen, sit in let's... the corner over here. <laughs> All right, so jumping into the schedule, I think Utah wins the first two games, uh, Weber State, and then at Northern Illinois. I agree, two and zero to start. I don't even know Illinois, Ill, Northern Illinois was in the MAC. I had to look that up. So there's a lot of no people disrespect, talking about but they're the, they, they could be. A tougher opponent than we're anticipating them being, but I still think it's a win. Win. And then the next game, it's going to be the kicking off the Pac-12 season. Utah hosts Washington. They came out in the AP poll today. They're sixth. They're the favorite to win the Pac-12. To start your Pac-12 season, start with Washington, that's a tough task to take on. There's no better way to, to start out the season by jumping in against the best team. It's a good barometer to see where they're at. It's early, but you, you got to win it. It's a must win. You've got to get momentum. You know, it, it it's not a make or break year to win the win the South, but in a lot of ways it is. And if you if you lose an early game, granted it's a top ten team in the country, but if you lose that, you're already behind the eight ball with uh, the the discrepancy in the schedule between the South teams. So, I think it's I think it's a a pretty darn important game that uh, got to take care of to keep momentum going. It, it is an important game, and I think there's, ba- based off of what happened last year, uh, we played them tight up there, very good chance of winning it. Um, no, no, no. We gave the game away. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not sugarcoat it. it. It's true. So 
they'll probably be better, be a better team overall. We're anticipating us being a better team. I think it's going to be a good game, but I think we we really need that win. I did ask Chase Hansen during fall camp what game he's looking forward to, and he did mention Washington because of what happened last year. Ooh, they've got it circled in the locker room. Hey, huh? that's where he broke his foot too. And then they're at Washington State up in Pullman. Tough place. It's it's been tough for the Utes up there. Luckily, o- only had- one win since we've joined the conference. The Palouse is dangerous. You never know, um, you know, if you're even gonna get a hotel room. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the Laramie. It's, it's the Laramie of the, of, the, of the Pac-12 right? conference, and so you and, never know. Are the sheep gonna eat through the lot the power lines? <laughs> is is the is the game gonna be able to be played? And Mike Leach kind of has Whittingham's number. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, uh, they they took care of us last year. Um, defensively, they were really good last year. They kind of surprised a lot of people. They lose a lot. They're, they're replacing a lot, so uh, they're not going to be what uh, what they were last year. But again, it's really another must win for Utah. Plus, it's early. They they always seem to struggle early on and then play better towards the end of the season. So got that going for us. And then Utah has a home game um, at Stanford up at the farm. So. The farm, <laughs> which is another tough game. They were they came out in the top twenty five today as well. Number yeah, thirteen. They came in at thirteen. I guess you guys didn't catch my joke. That I said it was a home game up there. Uh, I caught it. It just wasn't so. funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I hate you, Scott. Uh, no, Bryce Love, probably the best player in the Pac twelve. That's going to be a, a handful for the defense, and you know Stanford is a, a team that can compete uh, for with Washington for that division. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a, we match up really well. I mean, the, the only win they've had against us was last year, and we were just not very good. So, I mean, we're, we're, we keep saying must win, but, uh, you know, to, to reach the goal of, of winning the South, these, game, these are the games you got to take, take advantage of. And then Utah comes home in a short week and plays Arizona on a Friday night. It's a short week. I don't really like that, but in, in a sense, it, it kind of favors Utah in this aspect because Arizona is going to be having to use a day to travel. So it's always nice to have a home game on a short week. But again, Arizona... They're going to have to go through customs to make it all the way up here from Tucson. (laughs) So that'll slow things down for them. So again, Arizona, you know, a team uh, from the South that, you know, will be competing for that South um, title. You know, we've been talking that all these are must wins, but I think this is important because it's a home. You've really got to get this. It's home and it's a South game. Yep. The South, uh, you know, it, really we can afford to lose some of the North games, but the South, uh, the South is we've got to take care of business. And at home, because our record at home is, hasn't been good over the last few years. One benefit of playing on a short week is it does give you an extra day, and Utah's going to need that because they place at USC at home the next game. They came out today in the AP as 15th ranked in the country. They're the favorite to win the, the South division even though they're breaking in a new quarterback. How, how do you get ranked 15th in the country when you don't have a starting quarterback? And most likely it's a true freshman who really should still be in high school. See, and I think that's kind of weird because, right, USC, they always have, they they know who their next quarterback is going to be, it seems like, the last couple of years. And this offseason, not in really knowing who's going to be or what they have, I think is really unique for that. And so, yeah, I was surprised with the 15th rank. It's just a perfect example of how the preseason polls are a joke. It's all it's all based on what I mean, you've te- done in the past. Texas it is is ranked in the top twenty five uh-huh. year after year. So that tells you all you need to know about the 
the accuracy of a lot of these polls. But they're USC. They're a name team. The Blue Bloods get voted in every year. Um, so, granted, they're still good. They're still one of the most talented teams in the country. Um, but their inexperiences where hopefully we can take advantage of, and and maybe they have a few hiccups along the way because. As, as we just said, I mean, you got Arizona, USC, the two teams that uh, we're going to be battling for in the South. We got them back to back. So we got to be playing good football at that point. And you have them at home. You need to take advantage of that. After that, they travel to Pasadena to take on the UCLA Bruins on a Friday night. So it's a short week. They're traveling to Southern California. A lot of question marks with Chip Kelly taking over that program. It sounds like he doesn't really have the athletes that he needs to run his system. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do Will this year. Will he ever again? Without, hey, without Oregon's money, I don't know. By, by October 26th, he could already have UCLA on probation. So <laughs> I don't see it. They, 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 they've been hit pretty, pretty good with the injury bug. They've lost uh, some key guys. Even though they recruit w- well year after year, you know, I just don't. I, I'm not buying into this Chip Kelly hype. You know, he unless he's going to reinvent and bring in a new type of offense again, and and do something that really keeps everybody on their heels. Everybody's kind of figured out that offense. Well, everyone kind of runs it, right. or, so, or a, a similar. Set yeah, to well, what it and was. they know how to defend it. There's so much film on it now. The the hurry up and the concepts that they use with the the running game. You know, it's it's not breaking news anymore. So it'll be interesting to see how he adapts and if he can take that talent that UCLA seems to get year in and year out in the recruiting world and he can really turn it into actual wins and consistent wins on the field. That's really what I'm interested to see. I, I, I'm not sold on it, but, uh, but it'll be interesting to watch. So after UCLA, Utah travels down and takes on Arizona State. Again, another team in the South Division with a lot of questions with Herm Edwards down there who hates recruiting. I don't it will be interesting to kind of see what team he puts together. I mean, Arizona State, they're they're one of those teams and every year Utah kind of has one of these out of the blue losses. Uh, we lose to a team that we really shouldn't, whether it's Cal, whether it's Washington State, Oregon State, and I mean Arizona State they're not projected to do that well. They still have talent, and they've got a returning quarterback. And who knows? Maybe we're all overlooking um, the CEO, new coach approach. But they've got the abilities to, to trip us up. You know, especially if 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 we're rolling at that point, Arizona, USC, maybe go take care of business in UCLA. I mean, that's a potential trap game because right after that. We're home to Oregon, so I think that's that's one of those games we got to keep an eye on, just to ensure that uh, we don't have one of those losses that's we're kicking ourselves at the end of the season that keeps us out of the south, winning the South. So then, Scott, you bring up Utah's home for Oregon. The Oregon games last two years, I felt really confident in Utah going and getting wins, and they got they lost in both of those games. The new coaching staff with the Ducks, yeah, I don't know. Was ugly last year. It's something that needs to be forgotten because they, you know, they they destroyed us with their backup quarterback, and uh, they we just did not look good in that game. I mean, we've we've only beaten Oregon once since we joined the conference, and it was a couple years back with Britton Covey, with Britton Covey, and uh, where we absolutely dominated, and that was just you know kind of out of the blue. 
when you really compare that game versus all the others, it's kind of interesting the how little success we've had against them. But, you know, again, this is going to be one of those. This is probably one of the games on the schedule where I have the biggest question mark. It's late in the season. It's Oregon. They, they have our number. Can, you know, can we beat them? I sure hope so, but uh, we haven't really proven that we can, can at least consistently. It falls right in that time frame that it did uh, a couple of years ago when they beat us in the last uh, second. Carrington. Carrington, yeah. In the corner of the end zone. We win that game, we win the South. Uh, they did come in in the AP today, uh, ranked 24th in the country. And then Utah travels to Boulder to take on the rival Colorado Buffs. I don't even know if Mac, Mac, Mike McIntyre will be the head coach by then. I hope Him not. and his silly haircut may be out of town. <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of another tough one, too, because we've had some strange losses against him, and again... And strange wins. It, it, it's kind of a weird setup, you know, because at this point, more than likely, we're going to know our fate. And, and then you've got the emotional, yet important, yet non-important BYU game. It doesn't affect the standings, win or lose, but for bragging rights, the streak, and you know, continuing to beat them. So it's it's that Colorado game's kind of in a weird spot. So again, late November, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And then, as you said, Scott, after that, Utah hosts the team down south. I'll admit, I do not like this game at the end of the year. I am all in favor not playing it, but if they are going to play it, put it at the beginning of the season. Uh, for those reasons that you were mentioning, Scott, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of hold off judgment on that, and I kind of want to see how it plays out. I want to see the feel of the game because I've kind of I've kind of started to like playing early in the season. It's warm, you know. College football is just starting, and 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 right then we've got the rivalry game, and this will kind of take it back to how it's been for so many years in the Mountain West and in the WAC, and and uh, so I'm I'm anxious to kind of see just the feel of that game and what it's like. But, uh, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. I like it. All right. So that will wrap up our pack 12 and 12. Just, just for the heck of it. Pretend you guys are Kyle Whittingham. Let's say Utah goes 11 and 0 or 10 and 1 going into that BYU game. Either way, most likely they're going to the conference championship with that record. How do you play the BYU game? Do you rest? It, it, your, your, it, do you rest your starters? I, said, I hate it at the end of the year. If you're ten and one or eleven and zero, we're pretty darn good. Nobody, nobody goes oh, to yeah. the Pac-12 like that. It's not a very. It's not a. It's it's. Well, no, no. But what I'm saying. Likely scenario. However. Oh yeah, it's sure. It's possible. possible. Not likely, but possible. BYU this late in the season, they don't have depth. And they're going to be down so many guys. If we're that good, I think you start your guys. Game's over at halftime, and then you pull them and 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 get ready for uh, the you know the big one the next week. But as a Ute fan, we all we all dream and we all daydream about uh, going ten and one, eleven and zero. But uh, realistically, I'm not sure that's really. In the cards, I don't think so either. But I just thought it'd be an interesting uh, discussion point. Oh, I agree, Ryan. I think that's an interesting question. I think that's why I'm kind of one of the fans that wants that game either not played or, or moved up to the beginning of the season, just for those same reasons. 
So as we're preparing for the show and kind of figuring out what we want to talk about, um, Scott, you brought up an interesting fact uh, with Utah's record within the Pac-12. Uh, why don't you kind of kick that off? Yeah, I mean, it's just been a, a topic on Twitter and among Ute fans, just uh, the record of home and away since we joined the conference. I just went through and compiled and uh, um, just to kind of see exactly right where we're at. And I mean, f- joined the conference in 2011. We've only got, had two seasons where we finished above 500 in uh, in the Pac-12. And uh, our home and away records are not that stellar. We t- we talk, you know. There's this there's this thought that Rice Eccles Stadium is just this tough place to play, and I mean, you hear coaches talk about it all the time how it is a tough place to play. But the records have not translated into that. As Utah, you know, impactful play since joining the conference, we're 15 and 17 at home, so two games under 500. We're 13 and 18 um, on the road. Um, overall seven games under 500 uh, in the conference but I don't know it's just an it's an interesting topic to discuss as far as Utah's inability to really have a home field advantage that's that's showing up on uh, in the win-loss record we've always thought within the Pac-12 we have the altitude working for us we have the cold that's working for us later in the season we sell out the stadium every game you've got the it's loud and and so yeah you think we have well, we have all those combinations that you think would result and every home game starts like at 9 p.m <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah you have all those things that you think would result in, in better home standings but i think that also maybe points to how hard it is to win in the pac-12 oh i would i would agree i mean i think i think you're right when you mention all of those things from a fan standpoint those are, I believe, or possibly could be a, a contributing factor to a home field advantage. But it wasn't until this offseason that Whittingham made a comment to Yogi Roth that said, we've finally looked the part. We've had some good players here and there throughout their time in the Pac-12, but I think it's really taken a lot longer to get to this point than I think a lot of us as fans thought it might take. Oh, for sure. There's no question, I think. And so, and I think it probably skewed it a little bit because we competed in year one. I mean, we, year one, we had a chance, even though we ended up with a losing record. It wasn't a great conference year that year, but we had a chance going into the last game of the season to win the South. And I think that probably skewed everyone's thoughts of this isn't going to take that long to get to where we need to be. But it, in reality, it has taken a long time. I mean, it took to this year for Whittingham to make that comment, and the fans selling out the stadium and the muss and and all of that is great and a contributing factor. But in reality, the talent has to be there, the depth has to be there, in order to compete with these teams. Yeah, and I, and, and I actually saw you fan, and I, I can't recall who it was, but made a made an interesting point. There's a difference between, you know. At Utah, there's a great environment. It's a great atmosphere for a college football game. But the atmosphere doesn't make up for a lack of talent. And and, and we've kind of seen that. And obviously, in, in, in the first several years, um, you know, we, we definitely struggled and, and definitely just did not have the, the depth, did not have the overall talent to compete week after week. We had some great games, but it, it wasn't real consistent. But I mean, even you look at these last couple of years. Twenty fifteen was the standout year. We went four and one at home, six and three in conference overall. By far our best mark, 
There's no, there, maybe a bit of a coincidence. Britton Covey was on that team. So yeah, having explosive players like Britton Covey, but also I think having a senior quarterback helps. For sure. And, and maybe that's, you know, we really haven't had a consistent quarterback while we've been in the Pac-12 until now with Huntley, and, and hopefully he can get the team over those humps of losing records in in, in conference play. Yeah, because 2016 we go two and two at home. Last year we were two and three, and uh, obviously breaking in a new quarterback went through a number of changes, another offensive coordinator. But yeah, this is this is this is a real pivotal year. I mean, we, we talk about schedule, we talk about a number of things, the importance of winning the South. But I think we've just got to we've got to get back just to we're really not all that bad on the road. We've, we've, but we got to start taking care of business at home. I, I think winning one, two conference games at home a year, you just can't do that. And this year, the important games in the South are at home. You've got to take advantage of that. The Washington game would be awesome. I mean, it's a, it's a northern uh, division game, so... It, it matters. Not, it, may, it matters. It matters, but it may not have the bearing that it would if it was USC or Arizona. Well, the reason USC and Arizona are so important is because, depending on how that game goes, you're dealing with tiebreakers. And if you lose head-to-head to USC, but you finish tied at the end of the season, well, guess what? We're co-champs again watching from home, just like we were in 2015. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter. So th- those games are important f- Really, for the fact, obviously, yeah, it gives them a loss and gets you another win in the win column. But that tiebreaker is going to be huge because it's not like we're going to run away with this division. It's going to be close. If we if we win it, we're going to probably need that tiebreaker. And so, yeah, those games are huge. Obviously, you want to win all the games possible, um, whether they're northern or southern division uh, games. But uh, I think those tiebreakers are really what we got to keep an eye on this year. Great. Well, thanks for bringing that up, Scott. Uh, like I said at the beginning of that, I think it's really interesting to kind of look at the numbers and, and really see Utah's um, win-loss against the Pac-12 over the course of a couple seasons. So it does look like we do have Tony from Ute Hub on the phone. Before we bring him on, we'll let you know that that interview is going to be brought to you by Farmers Insurance. For protecting your home, vehicle, and family, look to Farmers Insurance. Call Scott Omer at 801-307-4046. All right, so joining on this phone right now is special guest, Tony from Ute Hub. Tony, how are you doing tonight? I am doing great. Looking forward to the first game in just a little over a week. You're not alone in that. I, I think everyone's getting excited and really, I'm happy to have you on here because you run a great site for fans to come together to talk, and I love it because it's just pure Utah sports. It's utehub.com. So, Tony, tell us a little bit about Utehub. How did that get started? Well, for, for over a decade, I was an active and happy participant in another Utah fan board that was very popular for, for a long time. And... Uh, I had even worked with Chris, the uh, gentleman who ran that board, to help him out with a few things because I'm a web developer by by day. Um, and uh, so but the problem with that site was that it started to be very outdated. And uh, unfortunately, due to some personal issues in Chris's world, he wasn't able to take care of it. 
and it started going downhill pretty bad and even going offline for months at a time. And after seeing a bunch of people on there, you know, wishing that there was a, another site or that someone would fix that site, I thought, well, geez, you know, I'm a web developer. I build these things. I could build this thing in a day. Uh, so that's exactly what I did in September of 2015. I tried to figure out a decent, short, catchy URL for the name and uh, came up with UTUB. And uh, within 24 hours of registering the domain, I had the actual site up and running. Well, I love it. I Maybe you shouldn't have hinted that you do web developing as a, as a career because we might need to have you come over <laughs> and help us out a little bit. So, <laughs> yeah, you bet. I'll take a look at what you got. <laughs> one feature that I, I love is the app. It's easy to use. It's, I mean, it's right there at your fingertips. I love it. I'm always on it when I'm like going to and from work on tracks. So if, oh, great. for our listeners that haven't tried UHub yet, what, what, what are kind of the features that, that you have or kind of the things that you're excited about with, with, the, with the website? You bet. So UHub comes in two flavors. There's the online web version that you hit in your browser. Uh, and you can even do that on your phone or any device that has a browser. Uh, and you hit uthub.com. And it's, it has a lot of nice features. It's, it's basically a Utah fan community. Um, the primary highest trafficked uh, feature of the site is the fan message board, which has numerous categories for youth sports like basketball, football, and so on other categories for professional sports and, and miscellaneous things like that. And youth fans just jump on there and, and talk about, you know, football or whatever subject they want to talk about. Um, second guess the coach or whether or not he should have gone for it on fourth down. Um, that doesn't and, happen with you know, Utah fans. Crazy the off season. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> uh, other features that the site offers, um, are, are just some fun interactive, um, Features that I've built. Uh, there's a weekly predict the score contest during basketball and football season where whoever the youths are playing that particular week, um, you can punch in your prediction of the final score and um, that goes through this algorithm, cranks out the winner. And I try to arrange for local sponsors or, you know, even national sponsors to provide prizes. I also have another game called Pac 12 Pick'em which runs every week of the Pac-12 season where um, members can pick every game of the Pac-12 season. So every Pac-12 team every week and there are weekly prizes uh, for the, the winner of, of each week. And then uh, I'll oftentimes have a, uh, a season long grand prize as well. So that's um, some of the core features of the, of the web version. Um, there are also uh, some other things on there too, like, you know, schedules, results from team rosters and things like that. Now the app is something I'm very proud of. Um, before, before the app existed, I had never created an app before for iOS or Android. So the way I learn new techniques and new skills is by having a project that I can obsess about. So I decided to um, make an app of uh, the Ute Hub site about two years ago. And uh, I have spent 
hundreds and hundreds of hours <laughs> working on it, learning, learning how to do it, tweaking it. Uh, I'm sitting in front of thousands of lines of code in my left monitor right now as we speak. So it's kind of something I don't watch TV unless the youths are playing. So for me, my entertainment is writing code. So I, I've been coding this thing for years and, and just trying to make it better and better, uh, you know, whenever I have the, the time to do it. So on, on the app, users can do the message board as well. And it's very easy to, you know, check the latest news um, with a few swipes and a few finger taps while you're in line at the bank or whatever. Um, and also on there, I have uh, the schedules and results and rosters for football, basketball. And I can punch in the other sports like gymnastics and baseball and so on. But it takes so much time to do that. I haven't done those yet. I'm hoping I might be able to find some volunteers who are really into those sports who want to, you know, contribute for to punch in that stuff. Um, I'm working on a new version of the app right now. I'm, I'm, I was hoping to have it released by the first game of football season this year. It's a complete rewrite of the old app. It's, it's uh, once again, learning a new project. Um, I'm learning native programming. Uh, which will be much faster and more intuitive and more app-like. Uh, so look for that real soon. You can find Mute Hub app in your app store, either iTunes or Android, if you just type in Mute Hub. So, Tony, I'm on the site right now. I just uh, I just voted on the Predict the Utah record this year, and I want to know who the four, right. the four votes were for the 1-11 season. <laughs> I need names. I need names. Actually, I could probably figure that out. Um, my guess is they're BYU fans. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> no, you you probably have uh, have uh, talked a lot on the site and and put your opinions out there. But how do you how do you see this season going for Utah? Uh, I like most fans see through red goggles. Um, I have predicted our season will be a nine and three regular season. It, you know, it's just it's tough. The Pac-12 is tough. I mean, nationally they say the Pac-12 is down, but the problem with the Pac-12 is that there are so many good teams they just all beat each other up. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I think nine and three, nine and three is a very very good season. I wouldn't be surprised to see a seven and five or an eight and four. Um, but I think I think nine and three is definitely uh, doable. Some people are saying ten and two is possible. You know, um, it's just a matter of a few bounces here and there, having some, you know, being good on not not having too many injuries, um, and you know, getting some good performance out of all these returning players that we're expecting to see some good performances from. So nine and three will will that be good enough to win the South? Depends on what those nine wins are. <laughs> if you have a win against USC uh, and Arizona, then probably so. That um, the SC has been uh, and probably always will be that key game. That if we don't win that, we we don't have the tiebreaker against them, and uh, then that's that's trouble. So. Got to beat USC. You'd think we should beat Arizona. You know, um, you'd think we should beat UCLA. But we always have one of these, 
WTF losses every year. So can we avoid doing that this year? I hope so. All right. Hey, Tony. Um, so all fall, all during fall camp, there's a lot of talk about how how deep this Utah team is. Uh, but there seems every year there seems to be a couple of guys on both sides of the ball that seem to have breakout years. Uh, do you, f- yeah. do you foresee uh, a guy on offense and defense have a, or who do you think that those guys might be this year? Well, uh, offensively, I thought last year Zach Moss had a breakout year, and I expect him to be even more dominant this year. Uh, he's he's the guy I'm really looking for on offense. Um, of course, you could say Tyler Huntley. Uh, Ryan, Ryan be, will you know, starting for his second year. <laughs> They're just making fun of me. Just ignore them. <laughs> oh. So I, I, I'm a big Zach Moss fan. I, I love the way he runs. Um, and I'm hoping to see him really dominate this year on offense. Defensively, you know, I mean, the whole defensive secondary should just be awesome, you know, on paper. Um, you know, you have um, some really, really great players returning. Uh you know, so boy, and and you have uh, Chase Hansen moving from safety to linebacker. That's going to be very interesting to see because he's got such great instincts. Um, having him as a linebacker could be really great. I just wonder if he has the body for it, so to speak. I just hope he can keep himself from being injured. Just the way he throws himself into tackles is, you know, fearless. Um, so I, I, I look for the whole defensive secondary to just blow people up and hopefully see some good performance from the linebackers. Awesome. Tony, hey, thank you so much for coming on. And, and really, the U-Hub is awesome. I I put two topics up today, and I've had over 40 interactions with people on there just this afternoon. It's it's a great site. And that's going to get better as football season comes. Oh, I know. It, and, and the updates you talked about doing with, with the app, I'm excited about. Definitely let us know when that um, gets released because we will help spread the word on that. And I know people can find you on, on UHub and, and, and at Twitter, it's at UHub, correct? Uh, yes, uh, Ute underscore hub on Twitter. All right, buddy. Well, hey, thanks for jumping on and, and uh, we'll stay in touch, all right? You bet. Thanks. Uh, I appreciate the podcast and um, can't wait to talk to you guys hopefully later in the season. Absolutely. Thanks, Tony. Sounds good. Thanks, Tony. Thanks, Tony. Bye. All right. And a big thank you to Tony uh, for taking time out of his evening to jump on with us. Uh, And like I said, I really enjoy Ute Hub. It's it's just a great place for, you know, Ute fans to come together and, and really talk strictly Utah sports. Twitter is fun, but sometimes, you know, it can kind of get into other things other than sports. Uh, so it's really fun just to, to interact uh, like, with you fans like on what? there. We'll leave it at that, Scott. <laughs> All right, so I think this is Ryan's favorite thing to do every season. We name this our... Is, this is the Ryan Memorial... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is where we name our breakout <laughs> players. Ryan loves to go with the returning all Pac-12 players... As his breakout guys, well, who wouldn't? Come on. So as you guys collect your thoughts, you know I did throw this question up on Twitter and also on UteHub, and you know, I got a lot of good responses. Just a couple I'm seeing right here. 
Uh, what we have at Spudlig3, he says Simpkins and Johnson. I think Simpkins really is seems like a favorite among fans um, that I'm seeing. Uh, AJ Crowley42 says Solomon Enos. That's a that, good one. That's yeah, a good, good one. one. A lot of good things coming out of camp around from him. Um, at Brad from SLC, his breakout on offense is TJ Green. Ooh, I like that I, one. I, I, like, that, I like that one. Uh, he also has Josh Nurse. Is he gonna? Is TJ Green gonna get enough playing time to become a backup, a, a breakout player? Well, I, I just think it it probably determine is determined off of how they take advantage of the reps they get early on. I mean, if he if he gets his opportunities and just you know kind of does a McCormick where nothing really happens, you know. He's probably not going to get yeah, those but I think it's opportunities be, down the road, but it's going to be tough to judge because I mean, I, I mean, I'm saying that assuming that Moss stays healthy. If Moss stays healthy, a lot of those other guys aren't going to get a lot of playing time. No, 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 and I don't, I don't expect you're going to see T.J. Green getting ten carries a game. But if he gets, whether it's in the running game or in the screen game or through the passing game, if he's getting five to six touches a game and he's he's showing something i think that's where you're going to see uh, you know i mean look at look at uh, obviously marquise blair he didn't start the season last year he got on the field and instantly started making plays making a big impact and you know it's really it's when those guys take advantage of the early reps that they get and opportunities and uh, see what they're able to do. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, to your point, he's not going to get a ton of touches, but if he can take advantage of the ones he gets, I think he could uh, be a pretty dynamic role in this offense. So I really appreciate uh, the interactions on there. You can follow me on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. So are you guys ready for your breakout player on offense? Should we go offense first? Offense first. And Ryan, you can't choose Zach Moss. I'm going to put that rule out there right now. So Scott, dang it, who are you going with your breakout player? All right, so I'm going to go with offensively uh, uh, number eleven, Terrell Perryman. I like it. Young, speedy uh, wide receiver, as Carl Malone will put it, out of the state of Miami, <laughs> and uh, he he's young, and we're we're fairly deep at the wide receiver wide receiver position. But uh, we've had we've had some success as of late from uh, the Sunshine State, so I, I, I'm going to go Perriman. I, I think he's going to get some touches. We're going to see how explosive he is, and uh, I think he's going to I think he's going to be a, a breakout player offensively. Ryan, where are you going? I'm going with number 19 in your program, but number one in your heart, Brian Thompson. Oh, that was Pac-12 <laughs> just. Glass ref <laughs> all over that. No, I think I think he's due for a breakout year. He he played uh, a little bit last year and had some great catches. Um, but there's a lot of talk about him and uh, being one of the top eight guys in the rotation. And uh, I think this is his year. I like your guys' thoughts going with wide receivers. I'm also going to stay with wide receiver. I'm going with number nine, Bronson Boyd. Bronson uh, transferred from Texas Tech, uh, redshirted last year, was on the scout team. He's a four-star kid coming out of high school, but he's fast. He's a, he's a speedster, and 
honestly, I, I think he can be the guy that can stretch that defense, can go over the top uh, and be that weapon for Huntley. So with even though he's a freshman, he was in the program last year, he knows the offense. So I think he's ahead of, of a lot of the younger guys in the wide receiving core. And so I expect big things from Bronson. I'd love to see it. Um, I mean, we heard so much about him throughout the offseason last year on the scout team and how he dominated. And uh, so I'd love to see him. But it's been crickets uh, through fall camp uh, about him and uh, really getting any information on how he's been doing in fall camp. So I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him uh, produce and be a factor offensively. We talked a little bit about this last week, how we were really unsure about the receiving Receiver, receiving core going into spring, and all three of us pick receivers as our break. I mean, who would have thought really, they're really deep now? I mean, there's there's a lot of depth at wide receiver right now oh. with a lot of talent. Who would have thought wide receivers at Utah? Right, <laughs> uh, the the well, twelve pack radio said that in the Pac twelve wide receivers go to die at UCLA in Utah. So I hope I hope we prove them wrong this season. Well, I mean. Y- as much as that hurts, you can't really argue it. We really have not. I mean, you know, we got Carrington for one year, had a great season. Tim Patrick had a pretty good uh, senior campaign. Um, you know, Drez was Drez at times. Kenneth Scott had, we just didn't have a passing game to get Kenneth Scott the ball. So we really have not had wide receivers that have been just highlight real guys. And so. Troy Taylor's trying to change that slowly but surely and uh, change the uh, the culture and really just uh, how Utah's thought of offensively. But uh, it's kind of a tough pill to swallow that uh, that's kind of what we're known for in the Pac-12 offensively. Now jumping over to the defensive side of the ball for our breakout players, Ryan, we'll start with you. Where are you going on defense? I am going to go to the free safety position and go to Corey and Ballard. Um, no, no, don't. Don't jump all over this. Ryan. <laughs> he Marcus Williams from the grave. No, no, no. no, 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 no. You're comparing this Marcus Williams this, to Corey Ballard. This is, this is where Ryan likes to cheat no, no, in this no. game. But Wait, go ahead. No, just, make you your... just compared Marcus Williams and Corey and Ballard. I don't think it's close. No, no, no. No, it's different, but you know, it's still the same flavor. No, you're still no, it's not. you're still touching the, the same the same palate on the tongue. Oh gosh. <laughs> Ryan, why why are you going with Ballard? Well, because there was a lot of hype with him coming in last year that he was gonna just fill the shoes of Marcus Williams. And he really didn't. I mean, I think he uh, he had some moments sparingly, but he actually he, he got pulled from some games or from some series and it didn't. Mar- Mar- Blair took over his spot last year, and it wasn't until Blair got, got injured that he, that he came yeah, back, right. and any any and he started to produce as the season went on. But yeah, he 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 was not he did not match the hype last year. No, and I think so. I think this is his year. Now he's going to be playing alongside Blair. Um, so, but the two of them I think are going to be spectacular. But I but I think I think we'll see more production out of out of Ballard this year. Well, I, I think, Cam, we should put our arms around Ryan and congratulate him that he's making progress. It's slow. It's slow, but he's making progress on, on this concept. Scott, Zip it. Scott, where are you going? All right, so I have, uh, I, I've had a late addition that I'm trying to weigh right here, I'm trying to decide between Tyrone Smith, 
came to Utah originally as a wide receiver, dropped a few passes, big, tall, kind of a Sean Smith type cornerback, uh, um, coming off an injury, um, and then the new addition to the team at uh, linebacker, maybe a little bit of def- defensive end, uh, Bryant Pirtle. And I'm going to go with Pirtle, and this is my reasoning. Last year I went with Blair. Blair had that excitement. Blair had just kind of, he had tape that he would just blow guys up, and we saw that. And uh, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that from Pirtle. My only concern is, as, as deep of, as we have become at the linebacker position, how many opportunities are we going to see um, him on the field and, and have a chance to, to be that breakout player. So, But I think he's got that ability, junior, uh, junior college uh, um, player. You know, he's got great size, 6'2", 227. So I think he's got that potential if he gets the opportunity. We've heard a lot of good things. Um, about Pirtle since he's been uh, in camp. So that's a great pick. The last season I went with Bradley and I, and I'm proud to say that I predicted that one very well when he was on the cover if of Field Steel. myself. Wait, so, so, so j- just just to go back in time a little bit, to take a stroll down memory lane, how many years in a row did you pick Bradley and I? <laughs> I think you should make it three straight. I'll pull a Ryan now. So keeping in that mind, I'm going the other side of the line, and I'm going to go with Mika Tafua, a freshman, a redshirt freshman out of Hawaii. He had a phenomenal fall camp, and really he's starting to kind of get that buzz when you know people are talking about him on social media and even press releases from the U. He's starting to get his name out there, and He's challenging Caleb Rett for that starting role. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the starter by the end of the season. And I really think that he he and Bradley and I can be very good on opposite ends. I like it. Uh, we're going to need him. We're going to need him to be to break out. We're going to need either him, Rep, or Max Tupai to be one of those guys because um, we've got to have that strength on that opposite side of, of an eye. And we've got we've got plenty of able, talented players. So one of them's got to step up and and fill that void. All right. So there's our breakout players. Again, you can let us know who you are thinking about. You can hit us up on Twitter at Utah Man Podcast. And before we end the show, uh, we're going to quickly just run through the schedule and kind of give our wins and loss totals for the season. So let's kick it off with Weber Scott. I'm going to go with the W. Right. Win. And I'll go with the win. Next game is Northern Illinois. Scott? I think we beat those little uh, little Huskies and uh, the first the first win of against Huskies this year. Right. And I'm not talking about BYU. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Ryan? That's another W. And I'll have a W as well. So we all, all of us have Utah 2-0 heading in the Pac-12 play against Washington. Scott? Okay, this is a big one. I uh, I think this sets the table. I'm 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 Homer in this thing, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna knock off a top ten team. Ryan, I like it. I agree. I think it's gonna be a hard fought game and it's gonna be tight. But I think uh, Mister Sixty Two Yarder wins it. Washington's really good. I think I'm gonna go with a loss for Utah in that wah, game. Wah, wah. All right, Washington State. I'm going. Uh, we're gonna start four zero. I'm going to go win. I'll go win as well. Uh, Stanford. I'm going to... Oh, this is tough. I'm going to say we're going to lose. 
and it's going to be a little wake-up call heading into Arizona-USC. I'm going to go with a loss also. I think I think uh, we're going to have trouble stopping Bryce Love. Just maybe a, he'll, he'll just run enough to get, get him a win. Just like last year. He didn't do anything outside yeah. of two big runs last year. This one I, I'm really torn on. I, I'm i going to go with the win. Ooh, Cameron comes back, so we're all we're all the same record now, right? Four and one across the board. Four and one across the board, Scott. Arizona. Arizona, we take care of business. We're five and one. Right. Agree, W. No, I'll go with the W against the Wildcats. All right, the Trojans in Salt Lake City. The dirty, dirty Trojans. I'm going to go, uh, we're going to be at six and one after this. They've got quarterback issues. We're at home. We've had success against them at home. And I think at this point we're rolling. Ooh, I don't know what to do here. My heart says W. My head says loss. Uh, uh, I'm going to go with the heart, W. You know, it doesn't matter what's going on in the year. Utah always plays USC tough. Uh, USC has a lot of question marks, especially at quarterback and head coach. So I'm going to say a W for Utah. Are we all at? We're seven and one right here. We're all seven and we're one seven heading and one. into UCLA. Yeah, we're probably at this point of the season 10. have a probably a top yeah top ten top twelve <laughs> ranking. Probably top ten at this point after beating Washington USC. It's perfect to be top ten heading to UCLA. <laughs> Scott, Chip Kelly, sorry buddy, get a get the get some put those moves away and uh, um, we're eight and one baby. Right. Zach, Zach Moss is going to run all over them. Yeah, w. Utah. Utah gets that one right away. Arizona State. Ooh, this is this is actually to me one of the tougher games to predict. Um, to me, it just feels like a trap, and uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say we falter. We are now seven and two. This is that one loss that always comes up and grabs you. <laughs> now I'm not I'm not going there. I'm saying W. I think Utah gets the W against Arizona State. Oregon Ducks. Scott? So just like earlier in the season, a little wake-up call. Come home against Oregon for a little stretch run. And, you know, since we're so stellar in November, um, I'm going to actually pick it. Pick it. We're going to win. Ryan? I think a lot depends. This late in the year, a lot depends on each team's health. I know it's tough to say this early on. Um, but I'm going to call that a loss. I'm going to go with the loss as well until Utah can prove that they can beat Oregon consistently, or at least every couple times. I'm going to pick Oregon on that one. And then the last Pac-12 game, Colorado. Ralphie, uh, Ralphie dies slowly. The Utes win. We are now at nine wins on the season. I'm going to go with W. I'm going to go with the W, and McIntyre will not be coaching that game. Ooh, a midseason firing? <laughs> and then the last game of the season, Team Down South. You know, I put on Twitter, we go 10-2 and two this year, so I'm sticking with it. BYU's our 10th win as we prep for uh, Pac-12 championship. If we really get to go 10, or to go, if we're 9-2 and two going into that game, it's not even going to be close. It's going to be a W. 
and I have a W as well. So I think it's kind of funny at the end we all end at ten and two. I think that's a lot of a lot of fans are we, thinking ten and two, nine and three. We got there differently though. We did yeah, get there so. differently, but uh, we're we're pretty Homer. We smell pretty ripe. <laughs> well, look at the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> now, now come back to reality here for a moment. If we get if we finish a season ten and two, are we playoff bound? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I think we'll be in New Year's Six Bowl. I think it depends on the two losses. So I had my losses as Stanford and Oregon. Oregon. See, I had I had uh, I had Stanford and Arizona State. That Arizona State, you know, if it were to be true, that would that would be a killer. I think if if both Stanford and and in my case Oregon have excellent years as well. That bodes well for the. For well, the and it also depends, I guess, who we're playing in the Pac-12 championship. If you're playing a a top ten Washington team again, or a top ten Stanford team, um, and you go on and you win the win the conference and beat another top ten team, you may have enough quality wins to still make it with two losses. Probably he, unlikely, but it, there's there's I, a possibility. I just think it would be hard for a Pac-12 team to get that respect to go with two losses. Um, when the committee's looking at everything, so I definitely think ten and two maybe is a little up there for the Utes to get. But if they get it, they're definitely going New Year six. I, I think ten and two is pretty much their ceiling. Um, basement, where do you have them on worst case scenario? Maybe there's a major injury at quarterback Moss. Something you know just happens. We don't drive. What's the, what's the basement on this team? It shouldn't be below eight and four. Yeah, I'd say eight and four. If if eight and four is your basement, that's pretty darn good. It is. I mean, I I would yeah. think our basement is probably seven and five, but 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 I almost see not getting to eight wins. If we don't make it to eight wins, to me that would be a huge disappointment. Huge disappointment. There'd have to be, with the amount of talent that's on this team. There would have to be, in my opinion, there'd have to be a lot of. Season-ending injuries to key players to go to to lose more than eight games or to win less than eight games. Well, we're gonna the the journey starts soon, you fans. Buckle up. Hey, just to just real quick to flip that though, you asked if there was, if ten and two gets to the playoffs. I think my two losses again, Stanford and Oregon. I don't think those are. Big losses if if they lose those games. So I think there's a chance you win one of those. Does does eleven and one go to the playoffs? If 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 these rankings hold, where you're beating a top ten, top five Washington team, I think the big thing is Washington early. They play Auburn early. If if they beat Auburn, they're a top five team when we play them. And if you can then go beat a top five team. Instantly, you've got a huge win on the resume. So it's it's gonna it's gonna determine. I mean, USC. Technically, we want USC to be to be playing really well. We want Stanford. We want even Arizona and Oregon because the better, the higher the ranking, it's gonna help us. Problem is, if they're all ranked that high, we're probably not getting to ten wins. So it's kind of a you know pick your poison at that point, but. Uh, I mean, you you got to have some marquee wins um, on the resume, 
and probably can only mess up twice max, but realistically probably only once. Well, at the end of the day, I just hope that they can compete for the South Division by the end of the year. I don't want to compete for it. We've competed four out of the last six years. <laughs> Let's win the dang thing. Come on, Utah. It's time. Let's do it, Utes. All right, Ryan, where can people find you on Twitter? At Drum and Feather. Drum, the letter N, Feather. Scott? Uteman underscore forever. And you can follow me, as I said, on Twitter and Instagram at Utah Man Podcast. You can catch us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast, we're there. And you can always go to our home at utahmanpodcast.com and go Utes. Go Utes. Go Utes. We'll be till I die. We're good. Let's cut it. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are their own and are no way affiliated with the University of Utah. Let me hear your Bill Markoff. I, I've never tried. I don't think I can. Oh, we want to hear this. Hear <laughs> the your... year was 1974. Break that, Jerry. Welcome to the Utah Mind <laughs> <laughs> Markoff got stolen by a monk. <laughs> a monk. Monks don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me hear it one more time. No. I hate Scott. Uh, are you He's recording? Such, yes. I hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs>